You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Introducing the Mike Moore Ministries mobile app, your gateway to spiritual inspiration and godly leadership. With a host of practical features, it's like having a personal spiritual guide in the palm of your hand. Watch and listen to the How to Win podcast, get exclusive early access to the Answers That Work broadcast before it airs on television, receive uplifting and thought-provoking nuggets, and stay up to date with Mike Moore's speaking engagements through an interactive calendar. To download, visit your device's app store and search Mike Moore Ministries. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, we're so glad to have you with us today. Uh, we're in How to Win. Please let someone know uh, about our podcast. I was preparing to teach a series and I felt impressed with the Holy Spirit to change what I intended to do. And I sensed that he wanted me to talk on the subject we not. I have a book entitled Weep Not. Uh, I believe it'll be a great uh, blessing for you. But I felt an unction from the Holy Spirit that someone needed to hear uh, this series. So uh, I just believe that it's going to bring comfort and bring peace and bring joy uh, to you. The theme of this series is overcoming grief, disappointment, and loss. In our first two episodes, we got into uh, a first episode, we got into uh, the forms, many forms of loss can be loss of a job, can be loss of a relationship, can be loss of a loved one through death. Uh, it can be loss of a pet, a pet dies. Uh, but we're talking about overcoming it, overcoming grief, overcoming disappointment and overcoming loss. And oftentimes all three of these things, grief, disappointment and loss are connected So in this third episode, I want to talk from the subject, grieving is not an option. Grieving is not an option for the believer. Say that. Grieving is not an option for the believer. Now make it personal. Grieving is not an option for me. Our background text is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. This is a text that you hear often at funerals. I'm going to read it from the NIV uh, translation. It reads, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Often uh, at funerals, I've read it in the traditional uh, King James Version said, Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them that sleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Here in this 13th verse, Philippians, I mean, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
commands, instructs and commands believers to not grieve the death of their loved ones, and in particular, the death of believers. Now, we're talking about loss in general, but specifically, I'm hitting this death of a loved one, a significant loved one. And the scriptures instructs us to not grieve the death of loved ones and particularly the death of uh, Christians. But in spite of God's command to, to us through the word, many Christians do grieve their loved one's death. Many Christians. I would say more Christians grieve than not. So the question is, why do Christians grieve the death of their loved ones? Why do Christians grieve the death of their loved ones? Well, the Apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us is ignorance. Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. The NIV translation says, I do not want you to be uninformed. The word ignorant, as the apostle uses it here, is not a derogatory term. It's not to degrade individuals. This word ignorance or uninformed means to be deficient in information. They were grieving. And see, Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, and many in that, in that church were grieving the death of their loved ones. So Paul is writing to them, and I was fed, inspired to share with you because I believe some of you are grieving the death of loved ones. But the word ignorance means to be deficient in information, to be uninformed, as the NIV uh, says. It means to not know. They were grieving because there were some things that they did not know. Give you an illustration. Take a person who does not know how to read, does not know how to write, does not know how to count. He or she goes in the grocery store, can't read the labels on the food, but experience has taught him or her what something is. So they see the ketchup, can't read the label on it. They see the mustard, can't reach the label, but experience has informed them that this is ketchup, this is mustard, uh, this is pork chops, this is milk. Uh, experience has informed them. The problem comes when they go to the counter and they put their goods, their items that they're going to buy on the counter and the cashier's there uh, and the person cannot count, cannot read, but they know because experience has taught them that it's going to cost money. So they take their money out, put it on the counter for the cashier to count the money for them. This person, I know you will agree with this, this person is at a disadvantage. Not because they don't have worth or value, they're disadvantaged because of ignorance. They're uninformed. They're, they lack 
are de deficient in information. They just don't know. There are many Christians like this person at the counter. There are things that they just don't know. It's not an issue of worth or value or importance. In Christ, we all have value. We are all important. We're all esteemed in the eyes of our Father. But there were some things, there are some things that we don't know. And there were things that these believers did not know. But grieving is not an option. And remember, you don't owe your deceased loved one grief. You do not owe your deceased loved one grief. Mourning is not an option. Not an option. Pardon me. Grieving is not an option. Mourning is. Mourning is an option, but not grief. Mourning is an option for you. You've lost your loved one. Your loved one has departed. Mourning is an option, but grieving is not. Grief and mourning are two words that are often used interchangeably. Grief, mourn are two words that are often used interchangeably, but they're not the same. There is a difference between mourning and grieving. Now, let's talk about the difference. Let's look at mourning. Mourning is an emotional experience. If you're taking notes, write that down or make a mental note of it. Mourning is an emotional experience. A mourning, from the standpoint of a definition, is the normal process of releasing emotions after the loss of a significant relationship. It is the normal process. Mourning is normal. It's the normal process of releasing emotions after the loss of a significant relationship. Mourning is a feeling of sadness that's usually accompanied by crying. Mourning is good. Come on, say that. Mourning is good. Mourning is good. Mourning is healthy. And mourning is biblical. Nowhere in Scripture does God reprimand an individual for mourning. In Scripture, no one is discouraged from mourning. God doesn't tell us to not cry. We shouldn't tell individuals who've had significant loved ones to not cry. In fact, I often tell people in an attempt to, to bring support and comfort, I tell them to cry as much as you want to cry, that you had a significant relationship with that person. It's nothing wrong with you crying. Cry as much as you want to. But I also tell them once you finish crying, remember you have help. You have support. The Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, lives on the inside of you. And I want you to say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Now, we're talking about mourning. The Bible says in, in John eleven thirty five, 35, just two words. It says, Jesus wept. 
So we see at a difficult time, his friend Lazarus had died. Mary and Martha, who was friends of Jesus, they were crying. People were crying at the at the home of Mary and Martha. Uh, and, and Jesus uh, f- experienced what they were feeling. And the Bible says Jesus wept. So the but the good thing about mourning is that mourning is temporary. It's a temporary emotional state. Mourning has an expiration date. Here's a proof text. Deuteronomy 34, verse 8, the latter part of the verse, says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab for 30 days. They wept for Moses 30 days. Then it says, So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. The days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. You see, mourning is a temporary emotional state. It has an expiration date. In 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven, Bathsheba was mourning the death of her husband, Uriah. And then it says, when her mourning was over, when her mourning was over. Another translation says, when the time of her mourning ended. You see, mourning is a temporary emotional state. The Bible tells us what the cure for mourning is. The cure for mourning is joy. It says, put on the oil of joy for mourning. But mourning and grieving is not the same thing. Let's look at grief. Let's talk about grief. What is grief? Grief is a spiritual experience. Grief defined as an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. Grief manifests itself in intense agony, torment, pain, despair. Grieving is unhealthy. Grieving is deadly. Grieving really is not an emotion. Grieving is an oppressive demon spirit that the Bible called the spirit of heaviness. You'll find it in Isaiah 61.3. It says the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Grieving is an oppressive demonic spirit. The problem with grief is that it's continual and if not resisted, will follow and oppress a person to their grave. Second Corinthians 7.10 says, the sorrow of the world produced death. That's what grieving is. It's the sorrow of the world. And the Bible says it produced death. In Genesis 37, 35, in the NIV translation, uh, the brothers of Joseph had had thrown him in a pit and later sold him into slavery. But they knew how much their daddy loved Joseph, so they came up with a scheme, a deception. And they took that robe that Jacob had given his son Joseph, that coat of many colors, and dipped it in blood, and then took it back to their father and said that that Joseph was killed by a wild beast. And even though Joseph was not dead, Jacob experienced mourning. And really, he went beyond the mourning time. 
and end up in grieving. Listen what he said in Genesis 37, 35. It says, and all his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said to them, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. I will continue to mourn. Well, Jacob then realized that he couldn't afford to continue to mourn because mourning has an expiration date. If you continue to mourn, you end up in grief and grief produces death. There's a difference between mourning and grieving, and grieving is, a, is not an option for you. Grieving is not an option. Mourning is, but grieving is not an option. So in the last part of this lesson, let's talk about what's wrong with grieving. Why is it not an option for the believer I love the number seven, so I'm going to quickly give you seven things that, that's wrong with grieving. Number one, grieving is wrong because God in his word tells us not to do it. He tells us not to do it. You said, but I can't help it. You know, you can help it. He tells us, brethren, I will not have you to be ignorant concerning those who sleep. That sleep means died. That you sorrow not, the word sorrow not means grieve not. That's why I chose the NIV translation. He says, I don't want you to grieve like others who have no hope. So what's wrong with grieving? Number one, God in his word tells us not to grieve. What's wrong with grieving? Why is it not an option? Number two, when we grieve... We're trying to pay for a debt that has already been paid. When we grieve, we're trying to pay for a debt that has already been paid. Isaiah 53, 4 says, surely he has borne our griefs. The Bible says that Jesus bore our griefs and what he bore, you don't have to bear, you should not bear. When we grieve, we're saying that Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. When we grieve, we're saying that Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. He bore our grief, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 4. When we grieve, number three, when we grieve, we're saying there's no advantage in having the Holy Spirit. When we grieve the death of a loved one, we are saying, now I showed you the difference between grieving and mourning. When we grieve, we're saying that we have no advantage having the Holy Spirit. When you guys say the Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit came to take up residence on the inside of you. And John 14, 16 through eight, Jesus said to his followers, he says, now I'm getting ready to leave. 
but I'm going to pray the Father that he will send you a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to abide with you forever. God never promised us that everyone that we love will be with us the duration of our lives. It's not in the Bible, so we shouldn't get mad at God because God never told you your mother and your dad and your wife and your sister, your brother, or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your close best friend, God never promised you in the word that everyone you love and everyone you're close to will be in your life the duration of your life. It's not in the word. God says, I'm going to pray the Father. He'll give you a helper. He'll give you a comforter. He'll give you somebody just like me, and he's going to abide with you forever. Now, he never, pro- he never promised that all of our relationships would be with us forever, but he did promise us that the Holy Spirit would be. And he says, when he is come, He's going to comfort you. He's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to stand by you, for I will not leave you comfortless. Comfortless means an orphan. God said, listen, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. An orphan have to fend for themselves. They have to make it on their own. God does not want you to make it through this death on your own. He sent you the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Jesus says it is to your advantage that I send him. The Holy Spirit gives us an advantage because the world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. So the world has to navigate through the death of loved ones, through their own power, their own strength. And that's why people are overwhelmed by the death of loved ones. But you, believer, have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that you don't have to deal with it by yourself. You don't owe your loved one grief. That's not, you don't owe your loved one grief. So we're talking about what's wrong with grieving. Number one, God in his word told us not to, to grieve. Number two, when we grieve, we're trying to pay for a debt that has already been paid by Jesus. Number three, when we grieve, we're actually saying that there's no advantage in having the Holy Spirit. Number four, what's wrong with grieving? Number four, when we grieve, we send the wrong message to the unsaved. We're sending When you as a believer grieve the death of your loved one, you're sending the wrong message to the unsaved. You're communicating to the unsaved that your hope in Christ is no better than them not having hope in the world. Ephesians 2.12 says that when we were lost, unsaved, we were without Christ, without hope and without God in the world. In Christ, we have hope. We have hope. That's why the Bible says, brethren, I would not have you to grieve like others which have no hope because we do have hope. We have the hope uh, of comfort. We have the hope of seeing our loved ones again. So when we grieve, See, the believer has hope. The unbeliever has no hope in the world by themselves. Death is the end. So we have hope. 
Unsaved people don't have hope, but when we grieve, we're sending a message to those who have no hope that our hope is no better than being in a position where we have no hope. I hope you understand that. What's wrong with grieving? Fifthly, we miss out on an opportunity to channel God's comfort to others. We miss out on an opportunity to channel God's comfort to others. Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, it, the scripture calls God in that text, beginning at the first verse, it calls him the God of all comfort. Then it says, this God of all comfort, who's our father, comforts us in all of our trouble. Then it says he comforts us so that we can comfort others who are going through trouble. So God intends for believers to be a channel of comfort. We receive comfort, and yes, you can receive comfort. We're going to talk about it later. You can receive comfort where you can make it through with joy and strength and peace right in the middle of the death. But God doesn't want just you to have it, but he wants you to be a channel of comfort to your family members, a channel of comfort to those who don't have God. They have no way to receive comfort. He says you'll comfort others with the comfort wherewith you are confident. But think about that. If we don't have comfort, if we grieving, how can we channel that comfort to those who have no capacity to walk in it. What's wrong with grieving? Number six, we demonstrate our unhappiness with our loved one's gain. We demonstrate that we're unhappy with our loved one gaining. The Bible says in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul said in the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd verse, he said, I'm in, a, I'm in a dilemma. He said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. He says, but I also have a desire to stay in this body and be with you. He says that if I depart, in other words, if I die, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, he said, if I die, it's going to be gain for me. He said that if I die, it's going to be far better. It's far better living in heaven than it is living on this earth. I know we're acclimated to the earth. I know we think it's wonderful being in the earth, but there's no place like heaven. There's nothing that compare to being in heaven. Complete joy, complete peace, complete everything, no hassles, no problem, no sorrow, no violence, no sickness, no disease, no death. It is the most wonderful place on the planet. When a believer dies, their soul and spirit go straight to heaven, go straight to heaven, and that's gain for them. So when we on earth are grieving, we're actually demonstrating that we're unhappy for our loved one's gain. Now, I know intentionally we don't mean that. I know intentionally we're, we're demonstrating that we care for them. But in, in reality, we're saying that it would be better for them to be in the earth than to be with Jesus. It's better for them to be in the earth than to gain. That's what we're saying. You said that's tough, Pastor. That's tough, Mike. That's tough. Listen, I'm struggling with what you're saying. Listen, I'm 
trying to share with you how you have to look at death in a biblical way because you're never going to walk in comfort if you're looking at death from a natural worldly viewpoint. What's wrong with uh, grieving? Why is not an option? Number seven, and boy, I'm telling you, you better sit up. If you're on that sofa, you sit up. If you're lying in your bed, I want you to get out of the bed and pull close. Now, pull close to that TV, that computer. I want you to listen to me. Number seven, why? What's wrong with grieving the death of a loved one? What's wrong with it? Number seven, when you grieve the death of the loved one, you're actually operating in idolatry. What? Yes, it's a form of idolatry. I hear people all the time say things or something like this. A part of me died. A part of me died. My daddy died. Part of me died. My mama died. Part of me died. My sister, brother died. Part of me died. My husband died. Part of me died. My child died. Part of me died. You've said that or you've heard somebody say that. A piece of me is missing. A piece of me is missing. The source of my joy is gone. I have no purpose in life. I'll never be happy again. I'll never be happy again. I don't want to live. I don't want to go on. I have no reason to live. I'd I, I rather die. I'd rather die. I, I just want to die. And, and, and now you're inviting suicidal thoughts and you're having suicide spirits show up because you're confessing that you don't want to live anymore. And now you're dealing with suicide. Think about it. You don't want to live anymore because your loved one died, but God didn't die. Think about that. God didn't die. Now, if God died, maybe we should feel that way, but God didn't die. It was your loved one died. It was a person that died. So if you have no meaning anymore, you don't want to live anymore. You don't have purpose anymore. You'll never be happy again, then that per person was giving you meaning. That person was the source of your happiness. That person was the source of your living. That's idolatry. You can call it what you want. And remember, I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. I'm not trying to anger you. I'm not. I told you that morning was healthy. I told you, it's nothing wrong with crying. I'm talking about grieving. And when people get over into grief, that's what they start saying things like, I don't want to live. I don't want to be, I'll never be happy again. But think about how does that set with God? Here God is 
the source of everything. He's the source. He's the source of your life. He's the source of your provision, not your loved one. He's the source. Even if your loved one brought some to the table and our loved ones bring a lot to the table, they weren't the source. God brought the person in your life. God gave that person whatever they gave to you. It came from God to say, I don't want to live anymore. I have no purpose. I have no meaning is to put that person above God. You have a lot to live for. You have meaning. God gave purpose for you before you were born. God established your purpose before you met your loved one, before your loved one gave birth to you. God established your purpose. God had a plan for you before you even knew the person that you're grieving about. So your purpose has nothing to do with your loved one, has nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. God is the source. In him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. I'm not being mean, I'm not being hard, and I trust that you're hearing this in the spirit. It will break the power of that grief. I break that spirit of grief over your life. I come against it in the name of Jesus. You do have meaning, you do have purpose, you will be happy again, but you have to choose to be it. You have to choose to be depressed the rest of your life. Like Jacob, he said, I will not receive comfort. I don't want your comfort. I'm going to go to my grave uh, mourning my son. And that really was a mourning. If he go to the grave and he continued, that's grieving that sent him to that grave. And guess what? Grief will kill you. It will destroy you. Grief will invite another spirit called suicide and you will take your life. It is deadly. You'll be miserable the rest of your life and your loved one can be in heaven dancing on streets of gold, would never come back here again. They're so happy, so full of joy, so full of peace. And you would be all messed up in the earth and the person having a party. Listen, I, I, I know some of this is different than maybe what you've heard, but the Spirit of God led me to teach you so that his comfort, his peace, and I lose comfort, I speak peace, and I speak encouragement, I speak hope to you in the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm not finished. I'm just through right now. We're going to come back later and share some other information with you that I believe is going to be a blessing. I trust and pray that you have a great rest of the week and I love you. And I want you to go back and listen to this, especially if you've had someone to depart. I want you to go back and listen to these three episodes and I got some more to teach you on next time. I love you and I'll see you next time.